0: Um, my name is Tim. I'm Dancing Danty.
1: And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this
0: is Go Mode, a link to the past Randomizer podcast.
1: Uh, Herf, can I get another one of those, please? Uh, how about the opposite direction? Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, now go
0: ahead and... <laughs> Play some sort of popular song, and we don't have to worry about getting the rights or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that'll
1: think... work out perfectly
0: fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, so go ahead, whenever you're ready.
1: That's about as good as it gets.
0: Um, was that My Heart Will Go On? Mm-hmm. I got it. Nice. I knew it. That was that was the near-far-wherever-you-are part. <laughs> exactly.
1: Hey, nice. I got inspired <laughs> by uh, by a very dear friend of mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I uh, actually... Sh- her told me he got this a few days ago. We did not know he was going to be busting it out, uh, although I am delighted to hear it. But I shared with him one of my slide whistle memories, which was I was at a party and uh, got a hold of one and tried to play that very song um and everyone was just loving it i was i could hardly play by the end i was laughing so hard it was just like one of the funniest moments of my entire life uh and so i was already very keen to hear that that song and i'm I just what a beautiful song choice i really appreciated that
1: <laughs> good I'm, I'm glad you liked it i do have <laughs> to tell you though it uh my microphone was like you know there's a little led in the front and it turns mm-hmm. red when i'm blowing it out and it was okay. like red throughout the whole thing. <laughs> so uh, that's that's a problem for Tuesday
0: temp. Yeah. We'll let him figure it out.
3: <laughs> How does Monday temp feel about that looking ahead to
1: Tuesday temp? I mean, Monday temp was loving it. He is loving it. <laughs> nice. So maybe no I'll, I'll give a little you know, I think it's very nice that you get like a sad sound if you go <laughs> And you get a little inquisitive sound if you go so uh, I hope I can maybe use that somewhere in the episode. Pepper, yeah, pepper that in absolutely. In
0: fact, I was just going to ask if you wouldn't mind maybe playing a uh, some sort of alttpr song to like transition us into our news. Oh
1: boy, you're really putting me on the spot here. I thought this was going to be a little intro gag, and now I'm playing the second song. <laughs> I'll, I'll try I want my the best. Uh. Yeah.
3: Yes.
1: I Very hope, good. I hope that was recognizable.
0: That, of course, Yeah, that was perfect.
1: That was exactly right. Dude. Was, <laughs> I mean, I, I would argue perfect, but I'll take it.
3: I, I instantly knew what it was, and I'm already <laughs> singing the lyrics
0: to that song in my head. Not nice. only was it recognizable, but you made it your own. And you made it work for the instrument, uh in a way that was just so pedagogic. I loved it.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much. I hope I can uh, further bring enjoyment with my little stupid slight whistle.
0: Absolutely. Um well actually, Herf, speaking of um speaking of that, uh, why don't you take over telling everybody what our feature is about today?
1: All right. So uh uh it's been quite a while since I suggested this to my co-hosts and um well, the reason for how I got to that, we'll get into when we're actually getting into the feature. But I figured, hey, guys, um, we we had episodes where we each answered, you know, random questions about each other or told a little bit about ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of them happened with Axe. Uh, I think we did one with Dante when he first came on, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, we him yeah. kind of like a speed round. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, people seemed to like that very much. And I... have to say in a little bit of a maybe selfish move i want to say i felt like you know sometimes there's just topics that you'd like to share with people or talk about something that you're passionate about or that you're currently really into but you don't really have a good way to bring it up to people or a platform to present it and since we have a nice little podcast here and people seem to not only be interested in our Zelda or A Link to the Past content, but also in us as people, I figured why not, you know, do a little in-between episode, a little grab grabback, as we ended up calling it, I suppose, where each of us goes ahead and presents something that they're really passionate about or something that they really like or, you know, different things that we care about that are not necessarily Zelda-related, but they can be.
0: Yeah, I was thinking of calling it Our Favorite Things.
1: Aw, that's a nice name.
0: Yeah, and this one kind of actually um, totally accidentally has sort of a music theme to it. We all are talking about various kind of music ideas. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely love this idea. I think every now and again, you know, every five to six episodes or so, we can do one that's a little bit different just to kind of change up the pace. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited to to get into... What I have to share, and I'm even more excited to hear what you guys have to share. So, yeah, that'll that'll be a lot of fun. Um, we are going to talk about some ALTTPR news, though, because uh, that does not stop, and we don't want to miss it. And uh, we've had we've had some stuff happen, and we have some things to announce. Mm-hmm. So, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into that. So, uh, as always, we'll start with the ALTTPR league uh, currently in brackets. Uh, Dante, GG, congrats to Titans Mitts of which you are a member. Tell us about how you guys have been doing.
3: Well, week one of playoffs went pretty good. Uh, I think, yeah, it was 3-1 we clinched with to move on. um, Starting this week, and by the time this airs, there will be at least, I say airs, but when this goes live to download, there will be at least two matches completed uh, with our uh, series with Fendrana Drifters. Which is Megawatt, Jet, and uh Frostbite thirty thirty. So that's gonna be this is this is where it gets tough. We beat these guys last year in the playoffs, but a lot, you know, obviously has changed in Rando. You know, it changes every time you download a seed. Uh it's gonna be a really exciting series. I'm looking forward to it. And uh hopefully we can keep keep the run going. If we can't, then so be it. But we're gonna you know, our team is all in, we're gonna give it our all and see what happens.
0: Awesome. Yeah, well uh like you said good luck to you know you guys are going to do great we'll be uh cheering you on uh now something kind of interesting happened on the other side of the league over in the light world conference uh so there was a matchup in the first round between did you check your boot and double dippers uh well not only did these two teams take it to a game five but in that game five it was moogle charm versus Worf jig uh moogle charm i've mentioned before we did a uh um, like double like AD keys, the the weekly seed that we put out a couple weeks ago. Google Charm was my partner for that, um, mm-hmm. so I, I you know have uh, kind of talked to him a little bit before. Um, they managed to pull off a tie in game five against Wurfjig, uh, so that went to a game six. Uh, and in that game six, unfortunately, there was a little bit of bad luck, and Wurfjig's stream dropped. Moogle Charm finished it out, and they were able to win it. Uh, now, we had a fetch question from Floyd44 that actually came in just this morning, and I'm going to go ahead and read it right here because it's relevant to this conversation. Floyd44 asks, How do you three feel about game crashes during races slash tournaments? Both players should forfeit and rematch. Bad luck for that player, and they most likely lose the race. In case you were curious, this is brought on by a game six double tiebreaker in the league playoffs. They're referring to this, um, you know, double dippers versus did you check your boots? Um, so this is something that has happened to me many times. I'll try to remember some of them in a, in a moment here. But before I do that, I'll turn it over to you guys. Where do you stand on this when it comes to forfeits, especially in high profile races like this? Um, what are your stances?
3: Well... Well, go ahead, her. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I like that we both went, well... <laughs> well... Well... So, uh, it's always... So, first of all, um, how do we feel about gang crashes during racist tournaments? They suck. I think we can all agree on that. Nobody yeah. wishes agree. That anyone's game crashes or that the, whatever their Super Nintendo explodes, whatever stuff could happen. Everyone is always hoping that we get a good match where both people can play fairly and on you know the same grounds and they can finish it both out and the better player wins. So that's the first part of that. Uh, if something does happen, um, so far I can only speak from past tournament admin experiences and it's always been, unfortunately, on the player who crashed. Uh, we have no influence on that, obviously the player doesn't either, but we can't make someone else forfeit their race just because something crashed. First of all, how do you prove it? If someone feels they're super behind, they could just turn off their Super Nintendo and go, Oh, my stuff crashed. I'm sorry. Can we just redo the race? So that's probably the hardest part of it. Um, There's always the chance, though, we will never deny anyone... If, you know, we have player one versus player two, player one crashes and they lose all their progress. If player two goes, hey, listen, I want this to be a fair match, can we redo it? If they offer it themselves, if they're not being pressured into it or like guilt tripped into it, perfectly fine. Uh, I think that's fair and everyone, uh, I I encourage everyone to do that if they wanna have a fair match and not just a free win. But in the end, if the opponent doesn't, you know, want the rematch, it's tough luck.
0: Yeah. That yeah. has been my experience. Yeah. Go ahead, Dante. I'm
3: kind of in the same boat. So I can imagine it being a nightmare for admins, kind of like ties. But, mm-hmm. like, for instance, uh, I'll, I'll share a couple of experiences. One, I, I crashed in the cross keys qualifier, or one of them, uh, a while back. And uh, I, it was through a 1.0 glitch that I had no idea existed at the time. Uh, Basically what happened was I took damage on the same frame as I finished the falling animation. So I double died, quote unquote, um, and the game completely crashed. What was really odd about that crash was when I re like I just hard reset my console and was like, okay, I lost time. Let's whatever crashed, crashed. Let's keep playing. Um, I remember I got my first glove in that entrance seed inside of Sanctuary. And when I went back and started at Sanctuary, the chest was closed. And so I went and opened it, and I got Titan's mitts. And I was like, wait, so I paused and looked, and I had everything that I'd already gotten. Um, And basically all the items started duping, or duplicating, like progressive stuff would advance. Like I played it for another like two to three minutes to test my theory. I was like, I'm probably gonna have to forfeit this. And I ended up forfeiting that qualifier. So I was fully prepared to, you know, because especially with that that tournament, it was just for seeding purposes. But I did contact the admins and I asked them, hey, is there any way this one can be stricken from my re- like from the record? if not, I'll accept it. it's not a huge deal. I'm not gonna raise you know a big stink about it but I figured I wanted to ask and they, they were kind enough to to let me do that but they did explain like hey, if this happens in a 1v1 it's going to be up to your opponent and I was I told them cool like if I did this in a race, you know we were an hour and a half in. You know, which was kind of close to where I was at that point. I believe uh, I totally would be fine with, you know, them just taking the win. You know, unless like every time I've seen a crash in a race, uh, it uh, it's never really been rescheduled or redone or you know let them just kind of catch up, unless the person who crashed was noticeably ahead. And a lot of times runners will talk that out in IRC like, "Oh crap, I just crashed," and then. You know, they'll exp- like the other runner will say, Hey, where were you at? And then you get a, an idea of, you know, was the person ahead of you? And I, I mean, I'm of the mindset that if the other person was noticeably ahead, then just let them have the win. You know, like if they're both go mode, but someone's like at Ganon where someone's opening GT, like most times that's going to be, you know, GG at that point. You know what I'm getting at?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, so yeah, go you're ahead.
0: saying if if somebody is ahead. Uh, like say in go mode and then their internet goes out say or no even worse like their power goes out so like they, their computer dies or emulator or SNES or whatever uh, you think they should be awarded the win? No 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 hang on so basically
3: a perfect example uh, main tournament I believe it was Andy Zero Rush because I was on commentary for this and Zero Rush was I want to say he was fighting Ganon and like his console just shut off for no reason. And, like, he instantly forfeited. And Andy kind of was like, you know, they, they chatted in IRC for a bit. Basically, what ended up happening was Andy let him turn his console back or get his console back online. Uh, and Andy just kind of held the wall with the cape on, like, forever in the Ganon fight and let Zero Rush finish and win. And, y- you know, that, that's that's completely up to the individual runner. I don't think that's something that everybody should do. Um, it was It was a situation where like the the person who was gaining an advantage because of the crash knew that they were going to lose anyway. So rather than replay it, they let that happen. Now, some things are pretty, you know, speculatory on like situational things. A prime example of that, uh, this past weekend, I was playing Jay Miesher in the league. There's a new glitch or bug. You can read about it in, like I guess, hashtag bug reports in the main Discord. People are dropping into Cold Stare or Skull Woods, and the game just soft locks to the point where you can't, or I say I guess it's more of a hard lock. You have to just hard reset your console. And no, they haven't really dialed in what it is. The speculation is that it's MSU related. So apparently that happened to Jay Meesher and I didn't find out about it until I was done. Uh, he never mentioned it in IRC, anything like that. Um, talking it over with my team and with Jay Miesher afterwards, you know, apparently there was... I I was ahead by a couple minutes or or more um, when that happened to him because it was a very linear seed, so it was easy to determine that. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, at that point, it was kind of... I kind of had to deal with it for a bit of, do I want to give him a rematch or do I just want to take it? Because it was the clinching thing to knock them out and for us to advance. And, yeah, I I don't really feel great about it, but I had no idea that, that it happened, you know, and... Uh, considering I was told and looking at the VODs that I I was ahead at that point, um, you know, I I just took it, which sounds really selfish, but at the same time, like, I really didn't know, it's weirder when it's a team thing, because I didn't want to, like, take that away from my team, Um, and, you know, more so than myself, I I don't know, it's, yeah, it's it's a weird scenario of, you know, if that happened to me, how would I feel, but I'm fully in my mind, I'm fully in the, the, the mindset of if, if I crash, I lose. Unless yeah. I, I'm going to tell my, my opponent and I don't expect them to give me anything. That's that's just me personally.
0: Yeah. So I I think uh, the, the tricky part about this is the fact that there's kind of this pressure, um, whether it be from the community or in a lot of people's case, like myself, like internal, to just like do the right thing. You know, to do what you should do in a certain situation so you know if uh, there, you know your opponent does have to forfeit and maybe they were ahead of you uh, because their power went out or something and you go on to win it that you can you can maybe feel guilty about that like you didn't earn it or you know there might be people saying well they weren't going to win but so-and so had to forfeit so they did you know and you kind of have that doubt. Yeah, But it, it's hard. Sometimes it's it's sort of a toss up. It's up in the air. It's like, well, who knows what could have happened? Maybe. Yeah. OK, yeah, sure. They were ahead. But the seed was far from done. You know, maybe they were about to fall on Gannon three times. Like, who knows? You know, so it's really hard to make those judgment calls, which is why I, I really think the best thing you can do is just whatever uh, format that you're racing in, you know, if it's a tournament, if it's a um, you know, like a daily or ladder or whatever. You know, the set upon rules are you have to be able to just go back to that and have that be what it is. You know, if 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 you have to forfeit, um, the other person wins automatically. Or if you forfeit, the match is invalid or whatever the case may be. Not. Uh, I I think it's better when you don't leave it up to a person to make that decision because then it just takes away from those like weird wishy washy situations I was describing. You know?
3: Yeah. It it can be really. You know, it, I'm glad that no tournament has ever said, well, you know, it's you guys have to fight it out and decide what you want to do. Right, yeah, oh my god, that would um, be the worst. Which, that's kind of where, like, Herf was saying, you know, if you don't want to take that match away from them. People dedicated their time to this, you know, we're talking people all over the world at this point that are playing this game. You know, time's valuable to people, and that's, that's why, like, you know, who knows, I may crash in my race tomorrow night, and if it happens, it happens. But mm-hmm. I don't expect people to, you know, give me that that easy out. Because, as Herf was saying, people could abuse that, but I really have enough faith in this community that people would not do that. You know, 99% of people probably would not do that, and that's kind of what I'd want to stick to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, really interesting. Um, we would love to hear your opinions, uh, those of you who are listening right now, on this subject. So be sure to join our Discord And uh, you can post in the new episode discussion channel with your thoughts. Um, It's one of those where there's just no right answer. You know, it's it's something we're going to debate. And there will probably be more of these situations to come. But that's just the nature of competition, especially over the Internet, you know. (laughs) Um, Real quick to kind of put a pin on the ALTTPR League. uh, Now that the regular season is over, that does mean the conclusion of the ALTTPR Fantasy League so our uh, GMP league that I was the commissioner of has uh finished and I wanted to give a quick GG to our winner who was Lady Box Thief. Uh went nearly perfect the entire season, drafted Dante as the very first pick, so that's kind of a victory for you as well, Dante. What We're a, on the what a team.
3: mistake that was. I looked at my, <laughs> I, looked at was my it, they, I looked at my I looked at my point. What a mistake. I wasn't no. like I don't think I was even top five of her like of her People that scored like the highest for the uh, for the league, so yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I was really shocked to find that out, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. There's Just a lot the of w. really good runners in this league, and <laughs> I don't think I'm the best one.
0: <laughs> Just take the W. That's what I would do. I'd be like, yep, winning team, let's go. Um, but yeah, GG to Lady Box Thief. Also wanted to give a shout out to Dazed Cloud, who was uh, in second place and had the most overall. Points, you know, not looking at matchups or whatever. Uh, and then I came in third and I was very pleased with my uh, finish. I almost got first. I almost took it from LBT, but um, I wasn't able to pull it out in the last week. But yeah, it was super fun. Um, I'll, I'll throw out a mention one more time of the sheet. Uh, I, I put a lot of work into it. Also, Amerith and Chirality helped out. Uh, so shout outs to them. But yeah, it's now now that we have a full seven weeks worth of data on all the racers, it's really cool to go in and sort by average, you know, excluding weeks they didn't play and including forfeits and total points gained and things like that, and looking at where they were drafted. It's really fascinating stuff on uh, you know all one hundred ninety two racers. So I'll link that one more time and encourage folks to check that out. Uh, and I'm really excited to do it again for season three. Uh, you know, with with uh, everything in place already, I'm sure it'll be a lot easier to run. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that. So, um okay, with that, let's move on. Uh, we have a big announcement. Since a lot of people have been asking in Discord, um, we had a, a question, actually, an actual uh, fetch question from Ezzy Zed. Uh, I'll just go ahead and read that. That'll be how we do this. Uh, Ezzy said said, as I was listening to all the old episodes again, you guys had mentioned the mentor tournament, and I was wondering if you guys would ever do something like that again, considering it has been almost a year. Well, SEZ and everyone out there, I am pleased to announce that we are officially bringing back the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament for 2020. So Yay. you can look forward to that. Yeah, celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I forgot about that already. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, we're doing it again. Uh, Like I said, we had a lot of people ask about it, and we had a lot of fun running it. We learned a lot. Um, I can say running it this year, there will be uh, not a lot, but definitely some changes. Um, We've already been speaking with our biweekly seed restream admins who have kind of also become de facto, you know, mentor tournament season two admins. So uh, we've been kind of consulting with them, getting some feedback um Let's talk about uh, just... I don't want to make this a whole big thing, but let's talk a little bit about some of the changes that we're going to be looking at uh, for this year. Dante, you, you were uh, in there chatting with us today. Do you want to talk about some of the things we're going to do a little different this year?
3: Yeah. um I guess, like, the biggest change uh, is potentially... nothing set in stone yet, but we really are looking at doing Swiss, even though, you know, a lot of people hate Swiss. But there's some really good benefits from this. When you get... A lot of people with a vast skill set. You know, last year's tournament, we had people in group A and B, which were kind of the highest categorized group, you know, initially from the survey, get eliminated where you had people in the lowest staying around. So this way, we can kind of maybe do like a higher tier bracket and a lower tier bracket after the Swiss round and kind of get the seeding from that. We'll see if that's how we decide to do it. the idea is we want to get people to be able to play as many games as they can, uh, get some experience, get some, you know, mentorship to learn, you know, as much as they can. Um, we're yeah. talking about different modes for the Swiss, uh, Swiss uh, like Swiss Weeks, you know, that's a mm-hmm. weird word. I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> Swiss but yeah, yeah, Swiss Weeks. weeks um, it's like Swiss Rolls, but no, Swiss we, weeks. <laughs> we, sorry, did, Please, no, okay. you're fine. No, but we just want to, you know, get get as much experience for these guys as we can. Um, I'm going to retire as a mentor <laughs> since I'm I, I'm in the host category now. I don't want, I don't have to do mentorship anymore because otherwise it might be biased. So I'm going yep. to st- I'm going to be like the rest of the hosts and stay unbiased.
0: Um, so I, I guess you know we talked about the mentor tournament a lot last year but in case we have like new listeners who are not familiar the mentor tournament is just a regular you know head-to-head 1v1 uh, tournament usually using open or standard that we host an admin uh, the only difference is instead of just kind of two regular racers we try to encourage folks who are newer to the game to join this one so if you're someone who just watches a lot and maybe has only played a few times but you're interested in getting better at the game this is a perfect opportunity for you to join this tournament because what you're going to have is a mentor, someone who's more established uh, as a racer in the community on a voice call with you, uh, watching your stream and helping you through the seed, whether it be routing ideas or, you know, helping you with strats in certain rooms and things like that. So um, other than that, like I said, pretty much a regular tourney, as Dante said, we'll probably start Swiss and then move into a bracket, maybe two or even three brackets so we can have everyone participate. Um, kind of like consolation brackets. Um, another big change that we're looking at making is uh, uh, to in order to address one of the main issues from last year, which was mentor availability. And so I think what we're probably going to do is something like, whereas before it used to be you you know are matched up with your opponent, you schedule the race, and then you try to find mentors. I think this time you will... Uh, find out who you're matched up against, pick a mentor, and then all four of you schedule a time. I think that will help with availability of mentors because a lot of times the mentors just weren't available for the predetermined race times. So if they're able to get together and figure it all out ahead of time, we're kind of hoping that will help with availability. Um, Another thing we're probably going to do again to help with mentor availability is make it more like a BYOM kind of thing, like bring your own mentor uh if you already know someone in the community or you're not shy and you're cool to just be like hey you know come into our discord and be like hey anyone want to help me out this is my deal this is what i'm looking for uh or if you're not um that is the point where we will say okay we have a pool of mentors perhaps you'd like to speak with a few of them and see which one would be a good fit for you either long term or even just for this race coming up right here but uh, again, you know, like like I said, we're looking to make a lot of changes to improve upon the formula of last year because there were a lot of things that were already working, and we'll try to keep those. But um, yeah, uh, last few things I want to say about this: first is that uh, we we I I personally really want uh, folks who listen to this podcast to get a first crack at this. In terms of numbers, we are not quite sure what to expect, so that's kind of similar to last year, but. I do know that if someone really wants to be in this and they really have not raced very much at all, I really want to give that person a shot. So I'm just going to say on the podcast right now, if you are really interested in being a part of this tournament, go ahead and just shoot us an email. You can, it can just say one sentence like, hey, I really want to do this. Keep me in mind. What, say whatever you want. It's, we're not going to publish these emails. We'll just save them. But that way I'll, I will kind of like reserve a spot for you. Because I think probably in two weeks, we will open up, you know, to anyone who wants to join until we reach some multiple of 16 racers, either 32, 48, or 64. We will cap it at 64. That would be crazy if we hit that number, but I suppose it's possible. Um, And then once we get pretty close to one of those multiples of 16, I think what we're going to do is just as co-hosts, take a look at the names, um, look at the experience that you've provided, uh, whether you have it or not and try to pick the people who are the least experienced. So, um, you know, that's probably going to raise some questions. Uh, we're going to have to make some decisions, I think, there. We've had a lot of racers from last year who have improved quite a bit that still want to be in the tournament. But again, we I think we're going to have to weigh everything and figure out, you know, we, we want to tend towards the newer folks to give them an opportunity to really learn and become a, a big part of the community, like a lot of our racers from last year have. Uh, and of course, there's going to be... I guess this is another sort of change, no limit to the amount of mentors. I think that was a mistake we made last year. Uh, anyone, pretty much, who wants to be a mentor, I think this time can. Um, all you have to do is just explain to us, you know, what kind of makes you qualified to be a mentor in your own mind. Uh, and as long as you can do that, you'll be in this pool that I was speaking about um, because we do want to make sure that they are available uh, for all of these races that we're going to be having. So. Um, So that was the the first thing I wanted to say. The second one is that uh, kind of an extension of what I was saying before. We will open up uh, uh, submissions for people to to join, to either be mentors or racers in two weeks. That's when we'll officially release the sign-up form. Uh, And then that'll probably be open. Well, it's hard to say how long it'll be open because it kind of depends on how many submissions we get. But I will say you're probably going to want to be ready uh around the time that the podcast releases um if you're if you can to be able to sign up for that asap so uh, i think that's everything i have to say i really didn't mean to take a ton of time on this other than to just say get ready because we're excited for it it's going to be great we're getting ready for it uh and it's going to come back in a big way um but is there anything you guys can think of before we move on to a uh rapid fire round of more news <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> the only thing oh go ahead
0: I was gonna say the only thing I'll
3: say is, um, very shortly, like briefly, if you want to be a mentor but you don't think you're qualified, you just need to have game knowledge and idea mm-hmm. knowledge. You don't have to be able to execute the hardest tricks in the game. If you understand how they work and stuff like that, you can you know apply to be a mentor. So don't don't let don't think there's some barrier of, barrier of entry, uh, like Temp was saying. You know, just uh, yeah, like mentorship, it can literally just be having a voice in someone's ear, kind of just, even if it's just coaching them uh, to, to you know, not be tilted and, you know, stay calm too. So yeah,
2: that,
0: that's all I wanted to say. Yep. And you reminded me of one more thing in relation to that. We do have a already kind of a restream crew in place, or at least the bare skeleton of one, but they are always looking for volunteers. So if you've ever had an interest in starting commentary, tracking, uh, restreaming, anything like that, Uh, be sure to join our Discord and reach out to those folks. They have a role um, for bi-weekly stream admins. So uh, this tournament will also be a great way to get into that if you're interested. Um, Cool, okay. So let's move it right along. Um, I actually have a couple, actually three small things. We're just gonna like rapid fire these, I think. Um, One right after the other. So the first one is uh, the spoiler log tournament. Uh, This was actually announced April 9th Um, So we sort of missed talking about the last time, which I did feel bad about, but I decided not to edit anything in because after they announced it and then opened up signups, they hit their cap of 64 runners in less than a day. So by the time we would have told you about it, it was already too late to join it uh, and it has not started yet. So this, uh, you know, we kind of hit a, a sweet spot by missing it of being able to talk about it now. Uh, but it does have 64 Racer Spoiler Log Tourney, just what it sounds like. It's uh, you get access to a spoiler log before you start, and then you start running and you kind of try to plan out your route. Um, they are doing also a Swiss to Brackets, so it's kind of a popular format, as you can see. Uh, and their Swiss is going to start on May 24th. Uh, I know there's several you know, GMP community members that are involved in that spoiler log tourney um, put on by Synac. He's kind of the originator of this. We will put a link to their Discord uh, if you're interested in checking out some of their matches and learning more. But uh, that is the Spoiler Log Tournament. Any thoughts before we move on?
1: Glad it's back. That's really all I have to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Rapid fire. <laughs> Okay, Uh, ALTTPR ladder season one just wanted to say real quick, of course, we covered this uh, very thoroughly in the last episode. uh, But just a quick reminder that season one is starting on May 1st, which if you're listening to this on the day it comes out is in just a couple days. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you have any questions about the ladder, go back and listen to our last episode, um, or pop in the discord or, you know, check out the ladder discord itself. And I'm sure anyone there would be happy to get you started. Cool. Uh, And now the last thing I wanted to rapid fire off here uh, was the ALTTPR Racing Council. Actually, I forgot to put this in the uh, outline, so I'm kind of throwing a curveball at my co-host. But the Racing Council recently um, made an announcement about a... Not new glitch, but like sort of newly discovered, newly oh yeah uh, applied glitch kind w- of, Dancy? You want to try to walk us through this?
3: Honestly, I was about to be like, we did. We made an announcement.
0: <laughs> oh,
3: okay. No, but, do, you, um, do you have I, I remember any what, idea what I'm talking about? Yeah, the sink and quit okay. is what people are yes. calling it. Um, I don't know a lot about this. We had a very brief discussion because it's been allowed in the past. Like, people have done it in the past, and... Can you try
0: to explain what it is, just real quick?
3: I don't know if I'm going to get this right, but I'll try. Uh, there's been some instances, like an entrance, where this is really good, or just even open. Um, if you, it seems to be like if you get electrocuted by one of those jellies by like you know swiping mm-hmm. it, uh, and while it's elect- you're being electrocuted, you hit select to save and quit. Something about the it, it writes something to the game's like SRAM or something. I could be off with off with that, but basically instead of you when you restart the game instead of it giving you the menu of house or versus sanctuary it just throws you at sanctuary um there's a really niche case where if you do a certain thing with that uh it starts you where the uncle is inside hyrule castle and that's kind of a weird thing too but um that that all being said like it's it's allowed it's it's not too game breaking. None of like we we didn't really have an official vote on it, but we briefly discussed it, and nobody had any pushback on it. So it, there was no reason to retroactively ban it. Uh, is kind of what our announcement was.
0: Yeah. So I want to uh, let people know if, if you want to know more about this glitch than we're able to tell you, uh, I would check out Kern's Discord because Kern has been kind of leading the charge. I feel like on this, uh, doing a lot of research in like the Link to the Past Discord. Um, I'm pretty sure the announcement was written by Kern. If not, it really sounded like him. Um, but there are a couple of uh, useful applications for this new, like, Uncle and Quit. Uh, for instance, you know, it could have some pretty significant uh, routing impact, you know, for the for the beginning of the game. If you use it correctly and use it, you know, um, in the right situations. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because it was kind of weird. They were sort of talking about it in our Discord and... Um, Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to kind of provide a follow-up on that and uh, see if you can work that into your into your early game It would be pretty cool to get a you know advantage on somebody because you know this weird kind of new tech so check it out Um, Okay, and that was the rapid fire just those three things we got through that pretty quick feel pretty good about that (laughs) Cool. All right now. Let's uh, let's talk about some GMP community updates so the Bi-Weekly Seeds, uh, episode 45, that was the Mode of Kings, aka Inverted Key Sanity. I have not done this one yet, and in fact, I've been sort of avoiding it. Um, our Bi-Weekly Restream crew put on a four-way race with commentary and tracking and all that last Saturday, I want to say. And I understand that went well, but again, I was avoiding it because I hadn't played this one yet. I think I'm going to try to play it tonight. Um, Hopefully, Dante, did you get a chance to play this inverted keys? Unfortunately, no. I was
3: planning to, but un- life has been kind of chaotic, so I just have yeah. not been able to uh, to do it yet. Um, I'll probably play one
0: for the latter <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eventually you'll want to jump into one of It'll those. It'll be a nice dumpster like
3: fire for me. Uh, yeah, inverted yeah. inverted to me is a dumpster fire, and I want to give it a shot. You know, it's it's not something I'm being like i'm gonna boycott it but obviously it is uh not something that i was able to work in sadly
0: yeah well we said when we were going to start doing these bi-weekly seeds that first of all they became way more popular than i ever thought they would second of all we explicitly said sometimes none of us will play them so this is one of those times and hopefully people are cool with that seems like uh we we had pretty good participation but again i'm not going to look at the leaderboard because i want to see the times yo herf did Um, you play it
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I got the perfect answer for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's all right. Well, uh, so for episode 46, since we're not really talking about Rando for our feature at all, we're we kind of don't really have a lead for that. What what would you guys think about just doing like a regular open seven seven defeat cannon?
1: I'm totally cool with that.
0: I won't I fight it. Okay. All right, well, that's what we're going to do, and I, that's it's the popular one, it's the originator, it's what the people want, so we're just going to give you a regular uh, open 7-7 defeat cannon seed for episode 46, so enjoy that. Uh, and then the last thing, before we get to our favorite things... Um, I wanted to mention and give a shout out to Oro, SSBM Oro, uh, in our discord, who was my roommate for STL 2019, um, has put together some, uh, ALTTPR slash Mode podcast themed Jackbox game nights that we've done. We've done, uh, two or three of them at this point. It's been really, uh, fun to do with the whole quarantine thing that's going on. We basically all jump into voice chat in our discord and play, um, and yeah it's been super fun and i just wanted to say to folks uh if you are interested in playing some jackbox with us it's like party games basically like uh um like balderdash if you're familiar with that kind of in in that sort of vein like apples to apples maybe um those sort of like you know communal party games they're they're kind of like made like those but uh uh, Aura was accepting some ALT-TBR specific prompts and we were using those and playing off of those and that was just a, a ton of fun um, One of my favorite ones was someone had submitted What is uh, what is on the last page of the book of Medora and the winning <laughs> response was like us on iTunes? Was <laughs> oh really my funny. god, That's, <laughs> that was fantastic. Good one,
1: that's yeah, not, that's not wrong <laughs>
0: Exactly so Uh, But yeah, if that sounds cool to you, I would say join our Discord and uh, post in our off-topic channel and just say, hey, you know, I want to jump in the Jackbox and we'll give you the role. And whenever we ping for that, you can jump in. Um, Now, I do want to say we try to keep this show PG-13, family-friendly. I cannot say the same for these Jackbox streams. I'm not going to (laughs) police other people's language or content when we're on there. Um, So just keep that in mind. It might not be the most, like, uh, (laughs) family-friendly environment, but it is a lot of fun. So... Uh, okay cool well we got through it uh news there was there was a lot of it to talk about uh but i think we covered it pretty thoroughly they're De- definitely excited for the mentor tournament to come back um now now that that's all out of the way it's time to talk a little bit about our favorite things do you guys want to uh take the flute and do that
1: absolutely
0: all right let's go All right. So, uh, Herb, since this was your idea, let's. Um, I'm just going to pass it right over to you and, and uh, get us into this thing.
1: All right. So, um, as I was saying, I brought this idea to my co-hosts a couple of weeks ago, I want to say. I'm not sure I remember exactly when it was, but. Um, it little bit
0: longer than that. The problem, we couldn't do it for a while because so much like rando stuff kept happening, basically.
1: Yeah, rando like, kept uh, getting in yeah. the way. Good old yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't mind, obviously, but uh, I'm glad we finally get to do this, and I hope we get to do a couple of more of these in the future because I really, I don't know, I just really like introducing people to stuff that I like and getting a reaction, even if people are like, "Oh, for, if you're listening to the weirdest stuff I've ever heard." <laughs> that's that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But okay, I'll I'll try to my I'll try to tie everything a little bit together, and I also want to kind of pose a question or maybe ask you guys and also our listeners a couple of things about this which i'm very curious about so uh i brought this to timp and dante because i'm a guy i'm a very musical guy i enjoy music a lot i play keyboards i play guitar i play the slide whistle very professionally as you guys heard and (laughs) you're one um, of the
0: best slide whistle players i've ever heard (laughs) top <laughs> 10 for me or top I
3: three that, actually like for top me
1: three. oh boy wow yeah. okay that's an honor so um i remember when i was a so this is kind of the the question that i was talking about uh, both of you guys are pretty musical as well i know tim does a lot of you know composing his own music he does a lot of marching band stuff and all that stuff And uh, Dante is big into DDR, so he's obviously a very musical guy as well. But I remember when I was a little kid, before I ever played a single instrument, I used to listen to songs differently. And uh, what I mean by that is, I listened to a song and I kind of was able to take the song as a whole, but then I started playing instruments and ever since then, I'm not sure if it had to do uh, with me growing older or me starting to play instruments, but ever since then, I've never been able to just listen to a song as a whole thing anymore. I always pick out, you know, instruments or single things that, you know, I start noticing, you know, uh, someone doing a great guitar solo or the drummer doing crazy stuff or the bassist going all crazy or maybe even the vocals. And it's a little bit of a double edged sword for me because on the one hand, I'm super into crazy technical stuff which we'll get into with my examples in a little bit but i'm also a little sad that i can't just sit down and enjoy a song as a whole anymore do you mm-hmm. guys ever get that
3: i feel that uh, yeah absolutely. a lot actually 100 because I, mm-hmm. i'll overanalyze things i oh, totally. like in my head like i'll just like a, a song or you know mm-hmm. pretty much everything but musically yeah especially rhythms yeah, yeah
1: exactly it's just stuff that you concentrate on
0: Absolutely. Yeah, for me, I mean, it like you said, it started young. And I remember playing video games. And when you listen to an SNES track, it can only have like, you know, eight to 10 instruments going on at any one time. Mm-hmm. And so I love to, you know, I would literally just go to like the soundtrack, like Street Fighter 2 is one I remember doing this for, which has a great soundtrack, I would just go to the options and just do like sound tests. And just mm-hmm. listen to each of these like on repeat and I'll be like, okay, what does the trumpet do this time? Ooh, that was cool. What does the bass do this time? Ooh, that was cool. You know, like literally uh-huh. exactly like you're saying, just track by track by track. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's the whole, you know, start to my little story. And uh, what that kind of leads into is, <clears throat> A, I want to take you through a little tiny, extremely, you know, truncated story of my musical history tastes, I guess and uh, b it also kind of led for me into listening to really weird stuff where when i show it to most people they're like well that's okay i guess but a little weird and i can acknowledge that and sometimes even agree but for me i just pick out like a single thing one of the band members or maybe all of the band members will be super crazy great players for their instrument and just how everything comes together and how a song is structured and how they build on top of each other and stuff like that fascinates me. I'm so, I get so caught up in it that even the weirdest music that you can probably show me, I'll eventually grow to like it because there's going to be some crazy stuff in it that I'll totally admire.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, to not make this too long, let's start this off a little bit with Young Herf. I, I titled this Classic Herfy when he was young. Classic Herfy. <laughs> Classic Herfy. I was maybe about 14, 15. I uh, used to grow up with a neighbor who was five years older than me and he was a massive metalhead and that made me a massive metalhead and I think the first time I really realized how much I enjoy listening to individual instruments and uh, all the, you know, musicianship, is that the right word? Sure, absolutely. Okay, nice. Uh, Of all the people involved was uh, Megadeth. And one of my favorite Megadeth songs is Holy Wars, which I've linked here, and we're gonna listen in a little bit, I hope. I think that's a good enough little taste Dude. that we got there. I love the intro <laughs> to the song. It. That that intro is so crazy. And I hope you link the video as well because that video is ridiculous. Everyone has like is, super is tight pants and no shirts and long hair. Yeah, I was about to hair. say,
3: <laughs> everyone shredded and looks so 80s for some it's reason.
1: so good. It, it, I mean, it's an 80s song, so, it, you know. But I think it's the video is hilarious. But that song is so good. And later on when uh, Dave Mustaine uh, cuts in with his singing and everything. I love this song. And yeah. Dave Mustaine especially is an incredible guitarist. And I think he is super amazing. And he really, I don't know, I just, I, I've, I thought I got over my metal phase. And I mostly did. I'm not really a metalhead anymore, even though I still love the genre. But I can listen to Megadeth at any time of the day, at any time of the year. It'll always make me happy. Put a smile on my face.
0: So I I haven't heard a lot of Megadeth. And I think the main reason is because when I was a kid, my friend and I were huge, huge Metallica fans. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I really knew about Megadeth is it was like uh, headed up by like a a Metallica reject, basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, the old rivalry.
0: Yeah, but I also now realize and eventually learned that, like, that really couldn't be farther from the truth. And Dave Mustaine is is absolutely incredible. And they rock just as hard, if not harder, than a lot of the Metallica catalog.
1: Mm-hmm. I so, mean, yeah. I, I love Metallica as well a whole lot. I'm a huge Metallica fan, but Megadeth has just kind of, I don't really know how to explain it, just stood the test of time better for me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, uh, moving on. Are there any other uh,
0: Megadeth songs that you would recommend?
1: Um, Tornado of Souls is great. Hangar 18 is great. Uh, And of course, the absolute classic Symphony of Destruction. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So these are all songs I can recommend. Awesome.
0: What what do we have next?
1: All right. Next, we're moving on to the weird music. And the first one is exactly the reason why I even suggested this uh, episode in the first place. It's uh, a band called Suff in the Glare and it's um uh Dave Martini, not like the drink, he has an extra E in there. <laughs> uh he used to be the bassist for mudwain if that means anything to anyone. Oh, okay. And uh he started his own little band quite a while ago. It's a 3 piece. Uh he is on the bass. Uh there's a I don't remember the names of the other guys unfortunately, but they're they're only an instrumental band. There's no singing. And I, that's, you know, it's, I linked the video here and I think we'll we'll listen to like, I linked to a specific timestamp, which is like the, my favorite part of that song. The mm-hmm. song is called Turnaround. And I think we can talk a little bit about it afterwards. So uh, let's get this going. So yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? Is it weird?
0: Oh, I I love this dude, and I, I promise you, I'm not just saying this. Like, I love Les Claypool. Right. Um, I love Victor Wooten. Like slap bass is. I, I've mentioned before that I play a little bit of bass. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not good enough to have figured out slap. I don't understand it. And watching people do that it just like hypnotizes me. It looks so cool, and it sounds incredible. I love Mm -hmm. this. This is so cool.
1: Yeah, I can can really only recommend this.
3: That, like, honestly, if I didn't see the video with that, the biggest thing that sounded like it reminded me of was, like, playing an old game of Doom 2 and, like, Mm -hmm. some of the later levels with the way the soundtrack was. It sounded almost like a remastered version of something with that, with that, like, some of the style of it. Um, Yeah. I, I don't think it's weird. I think it's, like, it's this weird vibe of, like, chill yet not if that that sounds really dumb i know but i I can i can see why i can see why people like this like because i've never heard this mm -hmm. till just now
0: but yeah i could like it's got a really good vibe to it yeah it's got a little bit of almost kind of like a jam
1: band quality in a way yeah they have a lot of that going on i think they do just a lot of jamming and whatever comes out of that turns into a song for them as well so yeah i don't know i mean it's just Usually when I show this song to people, they're like, yeah, I guess I could get into this. I, I don't know. Feels a little weird. <laughs> so, no, this is this is right up my alley. Like, honestly, thank you for showing me this because I'm definitely going to check out more. Oh, awesome. I'm so happy you guys like this. That, that makes me... See, that's the only reason I wanted to do this episode <laughs> so I can get some confirmation that I'm not insane.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I would... I would be very surprised if uh, nobody else that listens to this episode digs this because I, I think it's legitimately good. It's uh, like I, I keep saying it, it's like right up my alley. But like mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see some appeal to like Dante was saying, you know. Yeah. For, so for like this is appeal.
1: already going a little bit into the whole progressive direction that I was talking about earlier when we were, you know, kind of off the record, I guess. Mm hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of progressive stuff just because those guys usually have the craziest things going on with their instruments and time changes and weird time signatures and all that stuff, and that just fascinates me. But um, let's not dwell on this too long. Uh, next up, I have a little palette cleanser to show that I'm not only listening to metal and weird progressive crazy stuff. Okay. Uh, this is absolutely one of my favorite bands. Uh, they're called Wolfpack. I forgot where they're from. I used to know a lot more about them, but I keep forgetting details because I'm an old man. But sure. they're mostly, well, not really. I, I was going to say they're mostly an instrumental band, but that's not true. They're but from they're, like
0: Iowa or Idaho or like some Midwestern state. I'm yes, it's
1: definitely, yeah. I was going to say Wisconsin, but it's probably wrong. Could be. Could be. Uh, but um, yeah, they they make a lot of funky tunes, I'd say. Uh, I think they're they're mostly in the direction of funk, not everything, but there's a lot of funk going on and uh you definitely you... wouldn't be wrong to call mm-hmm. them a funk band, absolutely not and as you may notice, even though I'm a guitarist at heart, uh, most of these bands uh focus on bass, or most of my music that I brought today focuses a little bit on bass, you know soften the glare has a very prominent and like sharp and loud bass sound from uh Mr. Martini, who really knows how to, as you were saying, slap the crap out of those <laughs> strings. Uh, and Wolfpick as well. They have a very upfront bass going on that's always so funky and always so fun. Uh, I couldn't really decide on a song, so I just brought their most recent one, Three on E, which also has uh, Antoine Stanley, which is one of my favorite vocalists ever since I heard him on The Wolfpick Guys. Going on, and uh, I think we should just listen to a little bit of the intro to the song to see what people have to say about this one. I also want to quickly mention while we're listening to this and we're watching Joe Darth, our bass player, I mentioned this earlier, this dude is also a giraffe.
2: (laughs) Look at
0: him go. Look at that traffic go. Yeah, look at that neck. I've got a special
2: sauce to get you out your seat. And thanks and see that's been passed on already. Stick up your whiskey, talk stringing.
1: That's uh, Wolfpack. I know I found out earlier, just before we started recording, that Timp is apparently also a big fan.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love Wolfpack. I was actually going to recommend, a- after we listened to my music, I was going to say, if you like this, you might want to check out Wolfpack. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, we,
1: didn't, I, you know, we, we didn't talk about this before, and I'm very happy. I think you might be the first person that I actually meet that also knows about Wolfpack. Most people, I introduce them to Wolfpack and they're like, hey, this is pretty funky. I like this.
0: They uh, are the kings of NPR bumper music. Uh, I don't know if maybe it's just my local affiliate, but they use a lot of uh, Wolfpack, uh, like interstitial kind of music between stories. And uh, oh. they've definitely been yeah. on Prairie Home Companion several times. So if I'm ever like driving around on the weekend, I, I might occasionally hear a uh, a bluegrass cover of one of their songs or something like that. But, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I love these guys. I hadn't heard this particular song though. As I guess you said, it's new.
1: Yeah, I think it just released maybe two or three weeks ago. Uh-huh. And uh, I really like it. I mean, almost everything they do, I like. But this one, kind of, it's it's kind of catchy. It just sticks with you.
0: Yeah, video looks fun too.
1: Yeah, it is. I definitely recommend watching it and listening to more of them. There's, I don't know, there's a million thong- uh, songs I could recommend, but uh, you'll you'll find them.
0: Dancy, what do
3: you think? i like this like i i've i've heard stuff like this in the past but not quite like this I I, it, I I it's weird for me to have an opinion on this but like it's one of those things where it's like i could totally see myself listening to this and at the same time i can't <laughs> if that makes <laughs> sense but like it's like it's, it's really good like i feel like I, I need you know a drink to the past to uh to, to mm. be like sitting around listening to this it's really good it's, really, it's, got, a, it's got a
0: chill vibe to me
1: oh yeah definitely yeah. they got a lot of chill songs yeah
0: so this totally is the kind of song that i would seek out and listen to but i dancy i totally get what you mean when you say like yeah i can tell it's good i just wouldn't it wouldn't be the first thing i would reach for if i was mm-hmm. like gonna put on some music i can totally relate to that like middle ground yeah. you know yeah
1: yeah and I think just a, as a quick aside I think there's way too much like musical elitism going on you know the stuff you like mm-hmm. is crap and the stuff I like is awesome and there's no way that we could ever find a common ground or something like that I I feel like the older I've grown the wider my musical tastes have become I, you know, as I said, I used to be a total metalhead and, you know, up the irons and metal is the best and screw everything else and boo, who could ever listen to anything but metal, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And now I listen to, you know, metal, punk, funk stuff like this, weird stuff like Soften the Glare, uh, some more stuff we'll get to in a second. It's it's just all over the place. The only thing, you know, there's a couple of things that you'll probably never get me into uh, classical music is just something. I Once again, as Dante was saying, I can recognize that it's good. It's just not something I personally like. Same goes for like country and Western music. Most of them anyways.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: just you know not my cup of tea i can totally see why people like it and um you know if that's your kind of thing then totally you know more power to you just not for me
0: sure
3: yeah country i'm definitely in the same boat with that like more more so (laughs) of the i don't understand how you like it either but uh that's just just my personal taste
1: (laughs) yeah exactly it all comes down to personal taste and i feel like it's it's all very subjective but uh anyways moving on i'm i'm gonna change up the the um the order here a little bit because it feels weird to do an honorable mention in the middle of it um the next one i brought is from just an amazing musician that i very much adore and respect a guy called Victor Wooten uh, I was talking to Tim about him before he's a very famous bass player he's done a ton of stuff and this is one of my favorite uh, songs of his and it just fascinates me how on a single bass guitar you can make such a full sounding and amazing song like this so uh, let's go ahead and listen to like the first 30 seconds or so just listen to this guy all day it's just so fascinating to me he has such great control over his bass like you know he's got percussion in there the different volumes and attack on the strings and stuff like that it's it's just crazy to me he's he's outrageous he he's one of those um
0: i I learned about him when i was when i was young Mm -hmm. Uh, like when i first started playing bass like in middle school Mm -hmm. uh and i i had a had bass player magazine come into my house once a once a month uh it was pretty much it just alternated between him and les claypool on the cover uh, (laughs) you know pretty much every other month and Mm -hmm. uh, i you know was to go check him out on uh on the internet Uh, what little you know videos exist i think it was probably like napster files i was downloading at that point you know Mm -hmm. but uh yeah he's he just reminds me of like Uh, when I was getting into this and, like, seeing what was possible, just being like, oh, my God, like, really opening up my mind to, like, the kind of sounds you could make with with this kind of instrument.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And just uh, as another quick aside, I really thought very hard about putting Primus in here as well because I count Primus as a little bit of weird music as well because I feel Mm -hmm. like most of their songs are kind of weird. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. But uh, I love them just as much. But I feel like Primus is... Too widely known to really, you know, be mentioned here as weird music that people might sure. not know. I feel like Soft and the Clare was probably the better choice there.
0: Yeah, well, they were in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. So that, <laughs> that carried them a really long way into that the whole, is, like, you know, regular person recognition realm. That
1: is very true. That is very true. So, all right, so only oh, I love two, this, man. Uh, only two more to go. Uh, I think I'll start with my Honorable Mention because the last one is a bonus round. So my Honorable Mention is my absolute favorite band of all time. Queens of the Stone Age. I'm sure many, many people know them. And uh, I know Tim does. I'm sure Dante's also at yeah. least heard of them. And uh, I, I couldn't really decide on a song, so I just picked out a random one. This one is uh, The Evil Has Landed. Uh, I think it's great. We're just going to jump right in and listen to a little bit of it. Okay.
2: Close. Come close.
0: Queens of the Stone Age strikes me as, like, a real rock band's rock band.
1: Oh, absolutely You not. know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I agree. And I think they're also, what I like about them especially is that they have such a unique sound. Uh, I feel like there's no other band that really sounds like them. How their guitar sound, how they use the, th- the synths, and uh, especially Josh Hami's voice. It, it all fits together so well, but it's also a little bit weird.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. They definitely have a distinct sound, which is not the easiest thing to do when there's been, you know, thousands mm-hmm. of other guitar, bass,
1: drum, voice, you know, uh, yeah, combinations. exactly. Like you know, they don't have an especially outlandish setup or band composition or anything, but mm-hmm. they they make the best of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I really like them. So if you have if you ever want to talk Queens of the Stone Age with anyone, feel free to DM me at any time. <laughs> you got it. Alright, so uh, last but not least I don't want to take up all the time here I put this in because I love uh, the Doom soundtrack Doom 2016, Doom Eternal Mick Gordon is uh, one of my heroes, that guy what what he's able to produce is absolutely insane and I named this the Make Denty Smile bonus <laughs> round because we were talking about Doom Eternal a whole lot while we were both playing it and uh, this song is called Meat Hook and it's just such a in-your-face-slap-you-around-blast-your-skin-off song that I, I can't help but love it. So let's jump right into that one. Volume warning, probably. <laughs> okay. Okay. Already tell I'm gonna want to listen to all six minutes and six seconds of this.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. Before I get too much into this and start <laughs> Man, first, my headphones off,
3: <laughs> I've gotta say, like that first like drop, if you want to call it that, and mm-hmm. I know it's not like a bass drop, but that that first big hit it's mm-hmm. just like it just gives you that energy where you just want to like go punch through a wall like you just feel like you're invincible while like when you hear that that's, that's one thing yeah. I love about that one
1: it's it's uh, so great this song especially has like it's so great all the way through it's a six minute song and you'd think you know with all that grinding metal and those hard right in your face riffs it get kind of tiring and exhausting after a while but it just keeps the energy up all the way to the end uh, Dante and speaking of like
0: know having the energy to do wild feats of strength when you listen to this music (laughs) you shared a little video with us in our in our chat before we started recording um you're i understand you're using some of this doom music to lift to
3: oh yeah that that's kind of honestly how i got into i'm mostly an electronic music music person Mm -hmm. um and uh You know, whether that be people's preference or not, it's like, I, 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 people hate getting in my car. I'll put it that way. So, um, (laughs) but when, you know, when I finally got introduced to, you know, when Doom came out in 2016 and I got to listen to this soundtrack, I was like, man, this is awesome. It's like electronic, but it's heavy metal or, you know, and it was Mm -hmm. like a weird bridging gap for me. And then that was when I was really getting into like, uh, the powerlifting side of you know things like doing barbell movements versus just like quote unquote exercise and when I needed to kind of like tap in for a little extra you know motivation we'll call it the Doom soundtrack was perfect and then you know getting into other heavy metal stuff really like helped out with that in particular but with Doom Eternal being so new right now the soundtrack not even really out officially on like Spotify and stuff like I've been really like using YouTube videos like we're doing here to to hear it you know, because it's uh, it's it's so good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doom. It, they he, the music, uh, Mick Gordon, the composer of the new Doom games, does such a good job of like it. It's scary because it's Doom and it's supposed to like take place in Hell or there's like these hell beasts running around, you know, killing everybody. But it also has this feeling of like you are the danger, like this power that like you, you know, it, very much the same kind of thing as the game. Like they're not trapped in here with you you're trapped in with that or whatever maybe the opposite of that is what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, the, the, but, the, all the music you know, you know what I'm is, saying? is yeah. basically
3: instead of the the boss or whatever the enemy's having a theme song like every new theme song you hear per level it's basically doom guy's new song like because that's just how he is like you're the one with yeah. the theme
0: song yeah exactly um such, such a good soundtrack. And Mick Gordon also does a lot of other stuff other than just you know metal. He also did the soundtrack to Prey, which came mm-hmm. out, in, I think, in 2017, mm-hmm. which is really, really good as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check him out.
1: All right. Cool. So uh, that's a very, very tiny slice of stuff that I wanted to bring. I have much, much more, which is why I'm hoping we do more of this. But uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to some of my weird or maybe new things. Uh, I hope I can bring at least some... Enjoyment and new stuff to some more listeners. I'm glad that you guys enjoyed all the stuff for most of it, anyway. So uh, that's that's already a plus for me.
0: Yeah, I had no idea our tastes were so similar.
1: Yeah me me neither to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we need, yeah,
0: we need to start sharing more music amongst one another. Um, awesome. Well, thank you for that, Herfy. That was that was really a, a treat to to get to hear all those. Um, and we'll put YouTube links, uh, all the ones that we were listening to. We'll throw those in the episode description. So. You know, you you probably heard snippets of the songs just now while we were talking, but we'll allow you to listen to the full versions. Which you definitely should if you hear any of these and you like them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, cool. Okay, so uh, my turn, I guess. <laughs> what I wanted to do this time is uh, just like just like Herf said, I wanted an opportunity to talk about something that I really love. That there's really no other good way for me to like talk about it except. You know when uh, i've got a captive audience already in front of me and i'll <laughs> use this show as an excuse to do it um so uh but i i think i think this is something a lot of people will appreciate and and maybe you know i can turn some folks on to uh some different kinds of music they hadn't heard before so i'm gonna start this whole little you know tangent or this this little presentation uh with we, we have to talk a little bit about music theory so uh I want to specifically talk about counting and and how we count rhythms in, you know, the music world. So most measures of music either have four beats or three beats. Of course, that's a gross generalization. You know, occasionally you'll see two beats in a measure, which is really just, you know, kind of the same as four. And sometimes you'll see weird stuff like five beats or seven beats, which we'll get to. Um, But most measures of music have either four beats or three beats in them. Now, when you're talking about rhythms that go inside and outside of those beats, you need a way to kind of identify which one is which. So if you have just a measure of quarter notes, which are just the most basic kind of note you can have, and you're in four, four, you would count those one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, in a rhythmic sort of way, right? Those are the beats. Now, if you get a little more complicated and you add eighth notes, that's now gonna be eight notes inside of a, a four beat measure. And you count the middle ones with ands, so it ends up being one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and. Okay, it's still pretty simple, right? Now, mm-hmm. when you divide those even further and you have what are called 16th notes, um, which are used very frequently in a, a lot of music, you are going to d- subdivide those with Es and a's in between the ands. So it's one E and uh, two E and uh, three E and uh, four E and uh and that's how you will do, you know count these sixteenth notes. So that seems simple enough. But then you get into more kind of advanced rhythms. So, you know one E, a two and ah uh, e and four and one and ah uh, e and a three and ah uh, e a one. You know, like you can do a lot more advanced kind of stuff. But it's a, kind of a shorthand to you know if I'm singing it to you, you don't have to guess what rhythm I'm talking about because you can correspond to like oh that that note came in on the ah uh, of four, which would be one two three four ah. Uh that note right there, right before the, the downbeat. So it, it's kind of a way to, um, talk about rhythms. So with that being said, the first song that I want to have us all listen to is going to be very, very familiar. It's a song that P train <laughs> actually asked me to listen to in our discord a few months ago, because he had a question for me. So I'm going to play, or we'll, we'll all play this song together. I have a question for you guys. I want you to count where you think the measure starts. So let's pause it. So uh, you know, and everyone's heard this. Bop 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 bop. Right? That's mm-hmm. just, and it just does that over and over and over again. Where do you think beat one is? Does anyone have a guess?
1: Uh, I was counting along in my head now I have to remember where it was. I think b one is actually before the first note, if I remember correctly,
0: okay,
1: so it's so like I, I can't I can't sing and count at the same time or I try to you know make it good
0: <laughs> yeah um well i think so I think it's fair to say most people probably think that it's. One, two, and three, and enter and three, and four, one Right? Like where mm-hmm. that first accent note comes that's, that's on beat one Well, when you open it up and, and take a look at it And we act, one thing that we ended up doing Was going to YouTube and finding a live performance Of this played by an orchestra Doing an arrangement uh, If you look at the conducting pattern of the conductor And listen just a little closer To the actual music itself Those accents, that very first accent That you hear is actually coming in on beat two so it's one, two, ready, go, one, two, and, and, two, and, and, two, and, and. So it's like on the off-beats each mm-hmm.
1: time. Yeah. That's what I was thinking or trying to get it earlier. I was yeah, struggling
3: just trying to figure out the BPM because the the time, the like BPM you did it in, I think I was doing it in like half time of that. So like I was doing this really slow, you know, one, two, three, four. Like kind that? Of the, yeah. You're doing like a half time kind of mm-hmm. thing, almost. Well, no, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't speeding it up. Like I figured, this was a lower BPM versus a faster v- BPM. So, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, and yeah, it'd be, well, it's it kind would of, be half time, yeah. not double time.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's a matter of half time versus double time. The tempo doesn't really change. It's more just the interpretation of like, are these eighth notes we're listening to, or are they sixteenth notes we're listening to? Because that would be yeah. and e ah uh, and e ah. Uh. So yeah, but same same kind of thing. And uh, P Train, uh, I, I loved his interpretation when he came to me. He thought it was, and three four, and three four, and three four, which is such a like reggae kind of feel to it. And I was like, man, I, I wish that I actually heard it that way because that is that's too good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really um, cool.
0: Yeah, so it's just it's weird. Um, and you know, I talked about uh, some some music has uh, you know five beats in it, or seven beats in it, the Gannon theme, um, which I'll maybe layer in real real quick right here, that sort of famously has seven beats, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then it repeats and, you know, the music kind of goes on that way. So occasionally you'll hear music that doesn't really fit that mold, and that kind of gets into what I specifically actually wanted to talk about here. So uh, one of my favorite things in music is when there is some sort of complicated meter or rhythm, and the drummer chooses to just ignore that and just let people dance. That is one of my favorite things of all time, so, so that's, that's what I want to explore with you guys here. Um, I'll start with uh, another sort of video game related example, as a, uh, I guess as a little sort of bridge. Um, so I'm sure probably everyone listening to this podcast, and certainly both of you guys are familiar with Ridley's theme from Super Metroid.
1: Yeah, one of
2: my
0: yeah. favorite Super Metroid yeah, songs. Everyone for sure. knows this. So So Ridley's theme is in five, four. One, two, and three, four, five, one, two, and three, four, five, one, two, and three. So it's just it's essentially you're hearing four notes. But those first two notes are actually a note and a half long. So it's one, two, and three, four, five, one, two, and three, four, five. So this is a song that's in five, four. It's a cool song. There's a part that's in, uh, um, there's a part that's in kind of like three, four in the middle there, you'll hear. But mm-hmm. yeah, so, and this has been covered a bunch of times by a bunch of different people. And usually when people cover this, you'll hear that they emphasize that, you know, long, long, short, short, long, long, short, short. And, um, the first remix I heard that I, I really enjoyed of this was actually from Metroid Prime, um, you know, which of course is an official Metroid game, but they like remixed the Ridley theme for Meta Ridley.
1: Oh, I love this version so much. This
3: is one of the like <laughs> greatest versions. It's not the SNES.
0: Yeah, so you hear the the percussion of this one uh, still is kind of outlining the idea of this 5-4, right? Which is totally fine. It's it's cool. And like I said, I I used to love this version. But uh, a few years ago, I was listening to just kind of Spotify Shuffle, and a band came on that some of you may have heard of before. I had heard of them, but I hadn't heard them before. And they are called Metroid Metal. They are Uh, a metal band.
1: Can I throw (laughs) in a little her fact in there for real quick? Yes, go ahead. Uh, I have a Metroid Metal shirt in my... Wardrobe that is about 15 to 20 years old now, I want to say. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I, I'll That's take very, a picture of beginning. it afterwards. I didn't even realize
0: they were a thing that long ago.
1: Oh, yeah, they've been around for ages.
0: This particular um, song that, that we're going to listen to here is from a, a boss medley, a medley of all the boss music that they did from Super Metroid. Uh, and about halfway through, it includes Ridley's theme, and they do... Uh, The thing that I mentioned, which is the drummer just ignoring everything. Uh, So let's let's take a listen to that now And so He's, he's just ignoring it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, I he, he just that. keeps trucking on.
0: It's so good. But the bass, listen to the bass pedal, though. The bass drum is, is still playing the polyrhythm that everyone else is playing, even though he's just giving you, like, you know, straight ahead for per permission.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Here it comes again. And by the way, like... There's a certain element. I'm gonna pause it. There's a certain element of this that can seem like the drummer is bad, right? <laughs> like, like they don't get what's going on around them, and so they're just gonna lay like lay down a simple, easy beat just because they're not gonna get lost if they try to do that. That's clearly not what's going on here, and I think that's totally different. Um, there are probably definitely examples of that, but when I what I really like about it is when a drummer proves that they're very very competent you know like if you listen to the beginning of the song you'll definitely hear some pretty impressive drumming Um, and it's it's a very conscious decision they've made to like hey I just realized if you guys play your thing four times and I play five bars of just like straight ahead we're gonna get back together at some point and then we can just keep going with the song and it'll just be like this really cool weird like trippy you know get people headbanging at a part that normally wouldn't be a headbanging kind of part you know Mm-hmm. So I I absolutely love when that happens. And uh, the final example that I'll share with you is from a song uh, by a band that I, I'd never heard of before until they popped up again, kind of on a Spotify, you know, shuffle. Um, but these guys are called the Lydian Collective. And they are very uh, similar in my mind to uh, Wolfpack, especially their instrumental stuff in that they're just all really talented musicians that kind of like to play a little bit like they do some kind of fun stuff you know in, in between mm-hmm. one another you know um and so uh, let's let's take a listen to let's start from the beginning and then we'll kind of skip through the middle and then I'll take you to the end but let's let's listen to the beginning of uh, legend of lumbar so we're definitely in like a One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. You know, it's like a a swing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of this interlude, you're going to hear electric piano kind of kick everybody in. So listen to that. So now it sounds like one, ah, and three, and, one, ah, and three, e n, right? Like we've got like kind of a quarter note drive to it until drums come in. And we've got that kind of swing thing again. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. So that's kind of like where our groove is right now. And it's cool. You can, it's like a slower kind of, you can shake your head to it, kind of maybe rock back and forth with it. Um. Not to even speak about the, the music, because we're focusing on rhythm, but you know, very uh, uh, it's, it's in Lydian, the mode Lydian. It's, it sounds very light. It's very like, fantasy-esque, almost, sort of. Um, so that's kind of the vibe of most of the songs. So let's kind of fade that out, and then uh, I've marked up where, the, um, where we're going to jump back into it. Okay, so we get a little further on in the song the bass uh, playing along with the uh, melody doubling, which sounds super cool.
1: Really liking this. I think uh, we both showed each other new bands today, Tim. <laughs> yeah, this is
0: really good. <laughs> now, check out the ride cymbal here. going to give a hint of what's coming. All right, now the nature of things is going to change a little bit right here. The guitar is driving and driving uh, based on the beat. And I think you can probably guess what's going to happen next. Okay, so nothing about the guitar, or the keyboard, or even the bass changed. All the drummer did was treat this like it's a uh, 1 and 2 and 3 and, instead of a 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3, and totally changed the nature of the entire end of the piece by doing it. And I love that. I cannot tell you how much... I love this song and what I do is I listen to it all the way through and then I go back and I listen to it all the way through again you can't just listen to the end of it because it's not earned if you didn't if, if, if you do that you know like you have to <laughs> hear the whole thing and hear that progression in order to really like appreciate that arrival that happens at the end there but like when I when you do man, like I just stop everything I'm doing and I just sit there and I just listen to it because I just love it so much. Actually, that's a lie. I don't just sit there. I'm definitely moving my body. But, like, I stop everything. And I just, I love it so much. So, if any of you know of any other songs that do this, where it, like, suddenly busts out into, like, a uh, dance kind of groove over, like, more complicated stuff, and then seamlessly lines up again, like, later on, that is extremely my jam. And please, please share those with me. Okay, that's that's the end of my thing.
1: Nice. I enjoyed that very much. Is
0: it bad
3: that that like that last song like that last one I, the the rhythm that it was doing and the like I don't, I don't know what time signature exactly it was but that same rhythm kind of gave me the same vibe you were pointing out from Ridley's theme like totally like that that same like particular offbeat uh pattern I, I mean that was it was you know obviously it's not the same song but like that was that was one thing that kind of stuck out to me it's really hard to like you know I'm not trying to like blast my ears out because I also want to hear you like talk about it Mm-hmm. So yeah, the stuff you were pointing out it's like I wasn't paying attention to that until you pointed it out. And once you pointed it out, it's like you can hear it clear as a bell and and right. notice that 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 part about the song.
0: Yeah, it's like herf said, I mean, he and I both it sounds like, you know, that that's how I listen to music. I I I'll be like, "Okay, this time I'm going to listen to what the drummer's doing." Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's n- almost never just like, "Oh, the band sounds great." Yeah. It's like I'm probably listening to the bassist or the drummer and then maybe something else. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad y'all liked it. Um, with that, let's let's turn over to Dante. Dante we we've got you set up. We're all super excited. Uh, what do you have for so, us?
3: So, I'm gonna kind of audible here. Um okay. I, I want to keep it. I, I want to keep this more music musically oriented because that's what we're doing. And uh, okay. What kinda, I kind of I was gonna talk about like m- me like my whole path with dance games and how I got involved with it, but and how where I'm still at, but. More so now, I think I could actually share uh, to kind of keep it in line with music as to why it's, to me, it's so awesome, why I like it. But um, I, like you guys, I played instruments back when I was in high school. Uh, I played a trumpet from fifth grade till I graduated, so like seven plus years. Um, and I hated it. Uh, I also played saxophone and I hated that too. And uh, the reason I hated it was because it was like, I always felt like it was a responsibility to practice. Uh, versus um, something I enjoyed doing, but listening to you know stuff like electronic music, like I was saying earlier, was stuff that uh, really was something you know I could appreciate it, and kind of getting involved with dance games. Uh, I'm gonna try to think of a couple of things I could share as far as like music. Uh, I thought dance games looked stupid kind of back when I first saw them. If I you know, and that's kind of what I was gonna bring initially. Um, I ended up getting, you know, just out of spite wanting to beat my friend's high score that he got when we tried it. I was like, yeah, I'll play it. I'll look like an idiot. And I was hooked. (laughs) And it was mainly because I already had a background in music. Uh, Not like to Tim's level, you know, with composing and whatnot, but with, um, you know, kind of just like understanding how music and rhythm works. You know, I had the fundamentals down... I'm not going to say I was really great at playing trumpet or being in band, but I I don't feel like I was bad at it, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. So the problem with dance games is that, uh, especially DDR or Dance Dance Revolution, is that you are trapped in 4-4 time forever. Like every song, no matter how it's musically written, it's 4-4 time because that's the engine the game runs on, (laughs) which uh, is frustrating. Uh, But because, you know, then you get like when you visibly see it, if you ever come to one of my streams or see VODs, you'll see notes that are all kinds of colors of the rainbow and um, like on the screen. And that's because they're trying to signify what's a quarter note. What is a uh, eighth note, sixteenth note? What's a we call them twelfth notes or the (laughs) more accurate term would be triplets, uh, you know, kind of. That's how they kind of, you know, most, I guess what you would call six, eight time songs, they're written. Yeah. with triplets everywhere to account for the 4.4 engine. Um, and uh, the timing and the rhythm of everything is what DDR is all about. You know, It used to be about combo. It used to be about, uh, you know, could you just hit all the arrows? And then as the game kept progressing, people
0: focused more and more on that timing aspect. Um, was it because, like, everyone had reached the top and there was no... Nowhere to go from there or how did that shift happen to you so
3: the the rankings the rankings of songs went from one to ten and it wasn't until you know ddr came out 1998 i did not get involved until 2004 so okay. in 2002 maybe 2001 they released the first what we called them 10 footers so the number of scale like had a foot beside it. Like literally there was like a foot with a number or like a number of feet, like like little graphical feet showing how, like, how hard a song was to give, give you an idea. Um, and the idea was everybody was just like, I wanna just combo this, step on all the arrows. And uh, I, the thing is I wanna be able to break it down for you and tell you exactly like the timing aspect, but there's no real way to do it. And the reason for that DDR is really dumb in the sense that it's not timed by seconds or milliseconds. It is timed by frames, which is a terrible engine to run something on for consistency. But if it's running at thirty, which thirty frames per second, which is what the old games ran on, versus sixty, which is what the newer ones run on, uh, it's a little easier to stay consistent. We'll say um i I don't remember the exact number of frames because the the timing windows are also rectangular they're not square, so it's easier to get those perfects that you want on the front side of the note versus the back side of the note if that makes sense like it's offset a bit, which is dumb um thanks konami but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like the rhythms that i back going back to my band story like I wanted to play percussion, but we had a full thing of percussion, and my band director was like, "You're too good at trumpet," is what he would tell me, and it was like his way of motivating me, and it didn't work. Like mentally, <laughs> I, I just didn't want to do it. Um, you know, fast forward to you know getting out of school or high school in 2004, like I, I was like, "I'm done with trumpet." You know, my, my mom was always like, "You need to play it more. You you you're so good at it." You know, like a mom would do, and I was like, "No, this this really isn't for me." And I still have, you know, the three trumpets I went through, like, in my mom's house somewhere in a closet. Like, they're still there, and I haven't probably touched them in over 10-plus years. Uh, but the, the DDR thing really kind of set home with me when, like, trying to figure out these rhythmic patterns and doing them accurately. And it was kind of like an outlet for percussion, I guess, in a mm-hmm. way. So my, my biggest thing in high school, when I would listen to songs... Um, And I don't know if you guys do this, but like you hear a song and you just start tapping like either like notes or the percussion like on your leg, like audibly, like, you know, you're just kind of getting into it. You're jamming out. And that's DDR to me is kind of like that outlet of wanting to do that. Um, We may have to have a question for you. Go ahead, because I I was looking for something to really (laughs) like
0: hammer that home um do you ever listen to songs and imagine what the ddr pattern to a certain part would look like always
3: like
2: in in (laughs) i knew you were gonna say that
3: yeah 2020 me even gosh 2008 me whenever i'd hear anything especially if it was electronic um i would uh i I would always want to like make up steps to it or make up like stuff to tap out and I'm gonna tell on Herfy. He's come to my stream a couple times while I've been playing, and there's there's one song that we can listen to, and I'm gonna put the claps in it if I could find it. It's called Trim. <laughs> it's really, dude. It's really, it's a it's a sick song. Uh, let me link this here with you guys now. Right. And this this song in particular is a good way of describing DDR. They use BPM changes to inflate difficulty. Uh, this song to me has a complete, no, a completely steady BPM, but they double time it to make it harder at the end or harder to read. And then they half time it here as it's doing right now. But sometimes you're making your own song by stepping on the arrows, so to speak, like making the clap, like you'll hear it here, we speed up.
1: And I've, uh, I want to jump in here really quickly. Yeah. I've mentioned this to Dante once or twice. I really enjoy this song a lot, but I like it uh, like five times as much with the clicks in it or the claps in it because it gives a touch you know, it, it's like a added percussion that makes it sound even better to me.
3: Yeah, like adding the click or hearing the steps, There's, there's something satisfying to me about when I play these songs that you can when you hear how good the steps sound with the song um mm-hmm. now a lot of like really you know th- there's three there's three main rhythm games dance dance revolution pump it up and an old one called in the groove that no longer exists but kind of lives on through something called step mania which uh two of those have actually been played now at gdq type scenarios or on the gdq channel step mania has been done with keyboard uh not feet so to speak and uh pump it up recently by happy feats was done at the corona relief in a stream um the thing to to kind of point out uh and this is this was like i was trying to think of how to describe it to you guys uh you know we were uh temp herf and i were talking about this the other night um in discord in the host channel about like you know dance dance revolution questions and i was trying Mm -hmm. to think of a way to describe the difference between like ddr and pump it up or piu as people call it um besides the fact that it has a fifth arrow and the other ones are diagonals, which is really weird uh, to some folks, uh, the timing is not as important on that game. It's more about, like, how fast can you go and not break your combo? Kind of like where DDR started before things got tough, we'll say. And the w- I, the best way I could come up to describe it to you guys and people who are listening is Pump It Up is, like, imagine having a super fast sports car and you're driving it as fast as you can, but you're doing it on a five-lane highway with no cars, so you've got a lot of room for error in case you slip up, and you can still keep things going. Um, DDR, on the other hand, is imagine a two-lane highway or one lane, you know, going each way, uh, and there's no cars on it, but it, two lanes, no shoulders, you know, for you to kind of make any mistakes with and you have to go as fast as possible. So it's not quite as uh, physically intensive as Pump It Up can be sometimes, but you have to be more accurate. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons I like DDR over Pump It Up more so, is I really like the accuracy, and this kind of goes back to rando. I like figuring out the puzzle, especially when DDR songs are off sync. Sometimes you have to break that big... That barrier of, well, this is the beat, but the arrow is synced like a couple of milliseconds early. It feels really off. And then you have to adjust to try to get that good score on it. And, uh, it, and it, it's a is weird. Is it
0: off? Is it off because of that whole frame thing you were talking about?
3: No, it's off because whoever made the step chart for it just didn't sync it correctly. Um, oh. A lot of times songs do get cut. So, like, there could be like a six minute song and they have to trim it down to around a minute and a half to two minutes. And when they cut parts out, you know, to use the end of a song, uh, songs will change sync because they didn't do the cut properly. For instance, um, newer versions of DDR have American licenses. Like Ariana Grande is a song, or an artist, (laughs) not a song, um, (laughs) that has two songs in, like, the newest DDR. And uh, they used the beginning of the track, and then they cut to some random part in the middle of the track, and then they cut to the very end. And I think overall it's like a three and a half minute song, but they've crammed it all down into two minutes. So the song changes sync like two or three times because hey. yeah. And it's not that noticeable, but when you're trying to get like what, what is the new highest thing called a marvelous uh, marvelous are pretty tight. Like it's something around, I could be off base with this, but comparing it to about an eight millisecond window of accuracy, which is, you know, it sounds small, but you know,
0: I guess in a, to me it's not <laughs> um i mean it sounds it sounds kind of wide i don't but i have no context for this sort of thing well eight milliseconds sounds
3: how do i word this that it's really hard to describe ddr timing so in the groove or step mania uh the mm-hmm. highest ranking for that is a 17 millisecond window um and ddr is maybe 8 to 12 depending on the song and that depends on frames too like bpm used to really affect songs there was magic i'm really rambling here and i'm sorry there was like a magic bpm at one point on the old mixes before they fixed their engine where it was easier to time them you had it felt like the window was huge compared to other songs that were at different bpms and the magic bpm was like 180 uh that that's your little snippet for today um but but <laughs> but yeah like driving i don't know like it, it, you feel like you're driving an out-of-control car, especially when you're playing doubles, which is what I've been into recently for, like, maybe the last two years. And when I say doubles, I mean you're playing one person across both of the Player 1 and Player 2 pads. Yeah. So there's, like, eight arrows you're hitting instead of just the four. But... Yeah. But, yeah, like, the the rhythm of all of this, it, it's kind of... It's really consumed a ton of my life. Like, more so than Link to the Past, um, even recently. I, I just... There's so much that I've done. I've met so many people doing this. It's just been a huge influence on my life. Uh, I, I, like I said, I'm ad-libbing here because I went completely off the rails.
2: <laughs> um, uh, we, I
0: could ask you some questions if you're looking for a little I, bit. Of, I have a, a question as Yeah, well. please. Ask a, uh,
3: Ask ahead, questions.
1: <clears throat> okay, so I have a question that you already kind of answered earlier, but um, I've been, as we were saying, I've been watching your stream uh, every now and again. And, uh... Uh, As you were also saying, most or maybe even all of the songs are, like, very heavily electronic songs. Right. And uh, I like electronic music, but I was wondering, are there dance games or maybe specific revisions of DDR or whatever that have... Like not super heavy electronic songs. I understand that they probably lend themselves to the whole genre and gameplay the best, obviously. The best but is there like you know I don't know a a, a Green Day song somewhere in there or something. <laughs> Actually,
3: <laughs> I think that one of the PS2 American versions had a Green Day song. I might be wrong on that. I did, see. There's a difference between your um, PS2 versions versus your arcade versions. They made the timing window much bigger on mm-hmm. the ps2 versions so nobody knew nobody, nobody that took them seriously played those unless it was the only thing they could play mm-hmm. and uh or they you know couldn't get to the arcade so they they didn't count we didn't count that as like official stuff um but for instance like uh pump it up the five panel game that is made by Andamiro, which is a korean company and mm-hmm. the they do a lot of k-pop licenses or korean pop licensed songs so like uh, artists like Blackpink um, uh, to anyone like they have a lot They I don't know if they still do but they used to have a lot of music from them and a lot of people really like it just because the K-pop genre is in there um, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I know that's it's pretty popular a lot of times uh, they do have the music videos in the background as well they did that in DDR with like Ariana Grande and they had like a Zed song in there you know stuff like that but uh, you know a lot of people like the K-pop stuff for the for the uh, music videos because, you know, it's got really cute Korean girls uh, <laughs> dancing in the background.
0: Yeah. Do you ever get uh, distracted by any of the backgrounds, or are you, like, way past that? Does, I'm, it, does it factor in?
3: I'm pretty past that. I, I say that with the idea of since 2008, uh, DDR added in what's called a screen filter, and you can—basically, the lane all your arrows are in will dim to, like, a black—almost like a completely black, like, lane— or square. Mm-hmm. And that way it's really easy not to get distracted by the backgrounds. Now, Rewind to like DDR Max and even like fourth mix, really old stuff. Uh there was no such thing. And the backgrounds were just these generic crazy videos with like cactuses dancing and uh it, it was just kinda wild, um <laughs> to be honest. But like it was really hard to to focus. Uh, And they've they've made that much easier. They've taken the distraction element out of it and, you know, put more of a, just focus on what you're doing. Um, Back to, kind of going back to your question, so Stepmania or In the Groove, In the Groove had official songs, but because it ran on that Stepmania engine, you honestly could take any MP3 uh, and if you spent the time, you could sync it up, make steps for it inside Stepmania and play it on step mania and there are ways to hook arcade cabinets up to a pc running step mania and you can play what your own songs uh, that's that's where a lot of people are right now they and as mm-hmm. far as all this goes they they there's a community for people who make sim files to we call them sim files um to kind of make a ton of just current songs whether it be electronic or you know top 40 those are a little less popular but you can honestly just make an mp3 of temp explaining the ridley theme from a while ago and then you could put steps to it like that's where you're at with it so you could have Who's gonna do that i mean I'll, i'll do it i'll do it it'll be fun all right
1: but that's that's all user made right so there's not been a for a really terrible comparison there's not been like a a rock band rock band and then or a guitar hero something and then a guitar hero metallica so there's not like a ddr normal no. stuff with all electronics and then ddr heavy metal or something
3: no there's nothing like ddr heavy metal like that
0: um okay they they've had like it really seems like a missed opportunity it cannot explore other genres
3: it kind of is but so for a while in the community of people making their own sim files dragon force was very popular at one point
1: Oh, boy. Uh,
3: This was around the Guitar Hero 3 time uh, with, Mm -hmm. you know, Through the Fire and the Flames. And then, you know, all the other songs that they were known for, people made charts to. And those were kind of, we call those raw output in a way. Like, you kind of just have to go as fast as you can, which people have evolved from that now. Um, That used to be, like, some of the hardest stuff. And now it's relatively easy to some people that play, like, really hard stuff. I'm at the point mm-hmm. where I, I'm all about the accuracy, like I was saying, but you've got um, you've got subsets of the community that are... It's kind of like with linked to the Past, there's the open mode, you know, or like the non-glitchy or, you know, competitive rule set, we'll say, versus um, people who do all the glitch logic. So there's people like me who are all about the accuracy of DDR, and then there's the people who play stuff that's ranked like a 23 or higher, and literally, it's just arrows constantly. It's just like a full stream of arrows, as we call it. And you're going at ridiculous speeds, and you're just hoping you don't lose your life bar. Like the goal is to pass more so than it is to time everything. So it's it's really vast in that regard. And um, yeah, it, it's it's really crazy.
0: <laughs> so so for anyone who has seen you on stream playing, um, you're like really 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 good. How how did you get so good?
3: Just playing all the time. So 2010, I bought my first cabinet. And uh, I've gone through maybe 12 to 14 machines across various games that I have had in my ownership at some right. point or another. Whether it be to kind of fix up and resell, which is kind of a niche market. But it was a way to fund my hobby. Um, if, especially if I had some my eye on something I wanted to purchase or add to my collection. Uh, i used to have about four cabs that i would just they were like of different games and that was what i used to run tournaments with i would load them in a truck um i would drive to florida with with, uh to a tournament a buddy of mine ran and we would unload and we would have this 200 person tournament and uh you know i would do one locally in in the state of north carolina with you know roughly later on it kind of dwindled to about 50 to 100 um of my own machines as far as like the people in attendance like 50 to 100 but yeah like it it got too stressful because you know you're hauling around thousands of dollars worth of equipment and I was just wow. always like man if I wreck this truck like all my stuff's gone <laughs> like and there's there's no insurance on this
1: <laughs> yeah I'd be extremely worried about that
3: but uh, you know I, it, it, it it was it, me just having all that stuff available and trying to stay on the cutting edge is how I feel like I got as good as I did Um, in comparison, you know, there's, there's videos of, of me, obviously on YouTube, on Twitch, but there are, uh, there's a guy that you could look up. His name is I am Chris for life. And he is probably right now, the best in the world at DDR. Uh, he has in four years. Yeah. Four years. He has won Konami arcade championships tournament. If you want to call it a tournament, um, two out of the four times that he's participated in it. Which is, uh, that is a big event that Konami does in Japan. They have like online qualifying through their arcade network across the world. And they have rules about who, like the top person from each country. Uh, well, there's a Japan section, and then like there's the top person from America and the top person from Asia gets invited. And then all of these people face off live, basically with, and this is pretty physically demanding, but they get no warm up. So it's basically you're p- playing the hardest stuff in the game cold as ice. Like, your muscles aren't warmed up at all. Like, people used to run up and down the stairs at the event center right before it went live on YouTube trying to get loose to play this stuff. It was absolutely incredible. But he, he is, he is like, by far the best person at this game right now.
0: We can definitely put a link to his uh, YouTube channel in the description. Yeah, which I link that to you Check guys. that out.
3: Mm-hmm. Um do you have any other questions before I kind of wrap things up? <laughs> uh,
0: my last question is: um, What when you when you talk about just like practicing, getting getting better uh, in in music? Like when I would be learning a piece, like in college, say or something, the way that you do that is you start it at like a super slow BPM. You get the metronome out, you play it all the way down, like painfully mm-hmm. slow. Then you do that until you don't make any mistakes. Then you speed it up a little bit. And you do the exact same thing are you able to do that kind of thing with DDR or is there a different process for learning these like incredibly fast, complicated songs?
3: So yes and no to that. Um, yes. In the sense that the community does do a very good job of recreating the DDR charts for Stepmania that I mentioned. So you can download those and use that as a practice tool, even though the timing is different and it's not like quote unquote official. Um, but that, that's a, a learning tool. Most times what I do is I just play it. Um, mm. Either either I watch a YouTube video that someone's uploaded of it, or I go play it. Uh, and when I play it, I try to figure out, okay, was the, the parts that are physically easy for me, I'm like, is the song early? Is it late? Is it on beat? Like, you know, from where I audibly hear it to where it actually is, like in the game engine. Mm-hmm. And then if there's a complicated pattern, this is where having a machine at home is useful as well as being like streaming on Twitch. I always local record everything I do with DDR as well as stream it. So when I hit a part where I'm like, what am I physically doing wrong? I'm missing these arrows. A lot of times I will, on stream, uh, and a lot of times I try not to do it too often, I will stop the local recording and I'll bring it up and look to see what I physically did wrong or what I'll do is I'll pause the section and kind of audibly talk through it out loud with chat um, about like okay so the pattern is I have to twist my body this way and then prepare for this arrow coming up like that's that's my slow it down to a, a you know a super slow level like you were mentioning like with actual music pieces that's what I'll do and try to get that muscle memory and speed it up so then when that part's coming up I try to mentally prepare for that. And a lot of times I'll exaggerate the movement and still mess it up. And then I get in that happy medium of, okay, this is how it's done. Like, this is how I need to move my body to make this happen or get the grading I want on it. Wow.
0: That's fascinating. It's crazy that you can't slow it down. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine trying to learn these at, at at tempo.
3: And you know, there's a ton of DDR songs that just have what we call gimmicks where like the chart just stops and then it starts back. And usually it's to a beat, but if you've never seen the chart before you don't know it's coming and that is what we like to call a money maker because when you're playing in the arcade (laughs) you're gonna fail a lot of times because uh most of the new songs like that will be on extra stage and that gives you four misses and you fail no matter what if you're on extra stage and then you don't get to play it anymore unless you play again and get extra stage again and try to figure it out so that's how konami makes money like that's that's one (laughs) of the ways they make money and in that slot machines right yeah, yeah the, pachinko machines exactly. Pachinko, yeah yeah exactly but yeah it's it's super it's super involved physically it's a for me it's a huge mental game as well um i will put a couple things in here of a couple of like achievements that i've done i'll link them to temp instead of me showing you guys because some of you have you guys have seen some of them but um i won't bore all that i'll put a couple in there that just were like really like stuck out to me and I'll link a video that I am Chris for life guy. Who's literally the best in the world right now.
1: Awesome.
0: Cool. All right, Dante, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I still have a bajillion questions and I'm sure Herf does too, but like Herf was saying, that's all the more excuse for us to try to do this again. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. All right. I'm starting to get a little nervous for Tuesday, Timp. <laughs> so let's just try to keep this brief. He's He's got a lot of work to do. Oh, uh, yeah. Tomorrow. don't envy him. <laughs> yeah. So let's, um, if you guys don't mind, let's actually bump the one fetch question that we had. That was graciously sent in to us this morning by Sir Link-A-Lot, um, as well as the other two that we did already read. Um, but we will save that one for next time, this question from Sir Link-A-Lot. And uh, with that, I will just um, tell you some of the stuff I normally tell you right here, which is, you know, you can email us, email gomodepodcast.com, look us up on Discord in the description of this episode, um, we're on Twitter, uh, we all have individual Twitch pages, mine is twitch.tv slash temp underscore Herfie's is her twitch.tv slash Herfie Derfie and Dante uh, is you know speaking of all this DDR stuff if you want to watch him play not just rando but also a little bit of uh, DDR on these cabinets you can do so by going to twitch.tv slash (laughs) D-A-A-A-N-T-Y that's how it's spelled Um, also uh, we would love it if you threw us an iTunes review if you enjoy the show and you have not already done that Um, and I think that's it any final thoughts from you guys
1: yeah, I've got one.
0: Go. Actually, I'm glad you did that because you reminded me. Uh, Herfy was like cleaning out his hard drive or something earlier today, and he found <laughs> some old uh, music that he made for some sort of uh, like um, what what was what, what would you even call that? Her uh,
1: multi track yourself. It was a little thread on a forum that we all hang out on, and you had to multi track your voice. And uh, I chose some Nintendo songs that I liked. They're old game music, I guess.
0: we'll go with the one that's, uh, you know, themed to this, uh, game that we all love to play called a link to the past randomizer. Uh, herf is going to serenade you with the title theme from the original legend of Zelda. So enjoy those dulcet tones and let's mirror out.
2: (laughs) (laughs)